Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan and able to turn it around at the drop of a hat. I'm Cody. Hi, how are you? And you just went in creepy ASMR, Cody, like straight to the mic, just like, hello, do you want to hear the inside of my mouth? This is my new, um, this is my new character for like, this is who I am, public access radio. Hi, welcome to World Shop. We do a podcast. Today, that's a very good NPR voice about the specters of the past coming through to the future and the drama of a family in a small town. Sit back, (laughs) drink some tea. It's time for World Shop. If we wouldn't get sued, I would totally play the All Things Considered song right before this. <laughs> it's annoying that I could talk like that, and instead I have a voice that makes me sound like a cartoon character, I think. Hello and welcome to NPR with Jordan and Cody. Today we are doing stories, so welcome. Everybody, take a seat. Eat don't ape my NPR voices. joke. That was a good joke. I don't need you to spoof my spoof. This did I'm, not need a remix. You, you know, I'm not going to let you yes and me. I, no, I it's did done. NPR, I did it the okay. best. <laughs> if anybody has listened to Chaos Fiction Theater with me and Trin, we do NPR voice as one of the channel points thing. Where if you donate channel points, we have to do two minutes of NPR voice. So you're not you're not new. You're not clever. You're just copying off my thing because I know I you don't watched like our show. That I know true. you watched our show. I don't. I'm not happy that it, that that that's accurate. It makes me upset yes, because I wanted to feel unique, and now I really don't have you're, a. I don't really have a, a comeback for that. It's just like no. I guess don't. I'm boring. I mean, Cody, look at your life. You're boring. I have a motorcycle. I mean, you can say the same. T- oh yeah, a motorcycle that's like a hundred years old. No, I have a new one. What? I got that's it a like, year what, ago. Ten years ago. Yeah, but I forgot because I really didn't care that much. Oh yeah, I like. Got it. Working on it. It's fun. It goes faster than slow. It has real brakes. It's nice. So yeah, so I was going to say you should use your stimulus on a uh, motorcycle, but I guess you shouldn't. No, I think I'm using my stimulus. Well, I don't know. I think we're buying a freezer. Not speaking about how we're going to spend all the riches that America has given us. We're actually going to be speaking about what we usually do. So, Cody, what have you been enjoying recently that's not recommendation material? See, that's the and complicated is, thing. So, yeah, you should tell me about the stuff, because you said it changed. You should tell me about the stuff you were going to tell me about last week, and we're like, no, I'm not going to tell you because I'm a dick. I have to decide which one I cut out. But, okay, so here's the thing. I started watching Veronica Mars, which oh, was going to be on the recommendation. Think. The Lord, it wasn't. <laughs> and okay, here's part of why that I wanted I wanted you to watch Veronica Mars because I can describe the show in two ways, and in one of them it's Shitty like, oh, this is actually kind really of a bad. cool show, and then you describe it yet another way, and it's like, huh, mm, huh, don't know. So Veronica Mars like has a friend that she solves all of her cases with, and they have like zero romantic chemistry. They're just friends. And he's a guy, and she has, like, a lot of friends that are men that are, like, very different people, you know, that come from different walks of life, and she's able to befriend all of them, and they all do favors for each other. It's very wholesome in that way. It's very cuddly. It's very snuggly. Um, It's about how horrible rich people are, but it also gives them a lot of depth where there's all these horrible rich kids, and then you, like, see their families, and they're, like, abusive nightmare people, and it's like, well, this is why the kids are all screwed up, you know? Um... And, like, her dad is really sweet in the show. It's just, like, such a cute, just, like, warm hug of a show. And there's that. And then I also watch it, and I'm like, 
I think her best friend might be a little bit of a black stereotype. And I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know if he is. You know what I mean when you just get that feeling like, so, is this? So what you needed to do was have your black friend watch it and tell you. Kind exactly of. going on. I mean, kind yikes, of. Yikes, like, buddy. We just hit yikes territory. Well, no, but like, hear me out. This is what I mean. Like, I can watch something and go, I think this is offensive. But then you would go, why? And I go, I don't really know. And I'm like, I just want to talk to someone about it because it's old. And there's like a lot of stuff that comes up in it. And I'm like, like. Not just, well, I mean, largely about race and poverty, because that's, like, a theme of the show, but, um, like, also about, like, sexuality and sexual violence, and there's just, like, a lot of stuff, and I'm like, this was made 20 years ago. I don't know if this aged well, and I can't tell, but I sure am interested to talk to someone about it, but it's not really in the zeitgeist anymore, so I have to talk to somebody about it. You're you're watching, like, 2004's Veronica Mars. Right, right. Like, season one, Veronica Mars. That's what okay. I was going to suggest you're, to you. You're, you're not watching the when they brought it back for one last season in 2019. No, no. Okay. But I can understand why that show was very popular. Also, it just low-key has a ton of very famous people in it. Like, How here comes Paris Hilton just walking through the background of a scene, like... Well, yeah, speaking of terrible rich people, and I know people like Paris Hilton now, but... It's just weird. Just like, is that Paris Hilton? Just in a show, in one show? And then they're like, is that the guy from Lost? Oh, hey, Tessa Thompson's in it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, her too, who's now in a bunch of movies. And I'm like, but you know what I mean? It's like, I don't always know, like, by credit names. And they'll just, like, walk into a scene like, hi, I'm an unknown actor. Like, not anymore, you're not, (laughs) you know? Oh, hey. Charisma Carpenter is also in it. Cool, cool. Then there's also, like, is that the kid from Home Improvement? Like, yeah, that's the kid from oh, Home Improvement. Oh, wow. He still is finding work? Yeah, well, I think I think that was about the end of it. <laughs> I think that was it. <laughs> that, I think what happened is he room. looked like he was 15 and then he stopped. And that works really well until you want to play someone who's 30 and then he still looked like he was 15. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, which kid from Home Improvement? Because two out of three of them still look like they're 15. Okay. The one with brown bad. hair. It was, it, so two out of three of them. So, so Cody. Which, I, think, I think he was the kid that was related to Tim Allen in the show. You're hurting me. <laughs> Cody, you're, you're hurting me. Anyways, is that all you've been watching or all you can talk about that you've been doing? I made a very <laughs> One of the good episodes is uh, called Cheaty Cheaty Bing Bing. Huh? Oh, yeah. We don't need to talk about food, Getty. But one of the episodes is called Cheaty Cheaty Bing Bing. And I think that's freaking hilarious. Of what? Of Veronica Mars? Yeah. 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 Cheaty Cheaty Bing Bing. Season 2, Episode 3. Oh, Can that's just, the one, one I'm more? on. Like, literally right now. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it probably has something to do with the flying car and a lot of singing. Uh, No. No. Actually, well... <laughs> I think a bunch of people also like a lot of people die in the show like a lot of people are just like straight up dead and I'm like this is weird this is a weird show I don't know if this aged well well I could tell you that somewhere in the show Logan is going to use a catchphrase from I love Lucy that's trivia and cultural I do not references. remember who Logan is oh Logan's yeah this is like a plot point which I, I'm not doing this in recommendation and I don't think you're gonna watch it for a long no, time she know. thinks that she had incestuous sex with someone who she thinks is her brother like uh oh okay <laughs> Veronica Mars so I just and then beca- it's like a big- I just became the friends meme where I was kind of looking down and you said that I just like looked up like ah well you know it's like 
you you expect the show to be a certain thing, and then it just like hard left turn into like, oh no, I had sex with that boyfriend that we broke up. I'm pretty sure he's my brother. That's why he was acting. That's why his mom hated me. Oh, I need to get a I need to get a paternity test done like right now and figure out who my dad is. And I'm like, what? Hey, Cody, okay. we've somehow ventured back into it, but we're in yikes territory. Yes, that's what I mean about <laughs> hey, this buddy, show. Hey, buddy, we just we just appeared into yikes territory. You're, we weren't there for literally three minutes, and now we're back. You are now understanding why I wanted someone else to watch this show and talk to me about it. Because well, I have no... I think I like it, but then I also am like scared Everybody to like return it. to your seats and buckle your seatbelts. We are now landing in Yikes Territory. You know, I wanted to talk about food, and you shut that down. So now we get to talk more about Veronica Mars. Yes, Anyways, please. what have Can you talk been more up about to, Jordan? Shows of incest that are still good, like Game of, Th- well, Game of Thrones isn't good, so... Game of I Thrones am, was good. I'm going to discount the whole show based on one season like everybody else is doing. <laughs> You know, it's like, here's the thing. If you're the greatest gymnast in the world and you don't stick the landing, your score isn't going to be good. You know what I mean? I mean, I know exactly what you mean. You know, I was, I hope you know I'm joking about discounting Game of Thrones based off one season, right? Oh, I'm not. I actually don't care about the show as a result of that. I don't know if, I don't know which way you're saying now. I do discount most of the show. I'm saying, well, originally I was joking and saying that I don't like the show because of that last season. And now I'm saying that I'm, I was kidding. I'm don't care it's just one of those things where like when you get to a certain point you realize you wasted your time because this thing that you spent all this time like wondering about and having theories about and like really caring about like just sucked in the end and then it's one of those things where it's like well you can just make your own stories and that's how world chop was created yeah it's not, i mean that's but... true but game of thrones did did fumble pretty oh Anyways, yeah they completely i've spent so much bed. time talking about game of thrones in my life yeah we i mean yes yes we have um so what have i been doing um Watching anime? Me too. Yes, you've been watching ghost stories, though. I'm watching What's, something else. It's what are a you recommendation watching? show that we're about to record. Hold, it's Okay, it's not erased, is it? Because that would be awkward. No. No, it's <laughs> it's an anime I don't think you would have watched. What? I can't wait. If it actually is, that would be make me really happy. So, um, we've been watching, as a group, we've been watching Steins Gate, which is... Okay, so, I know... On this show multiple times and even probably a little bit now, I will talk about how I hate time travel as a plot point. I don't think it's good. I think you can't really do time travel without creating a million paradoxes. And that is where it fails every single time because it just becomes kind of nonsensical at the end because you try to go back and fix everything and then you're oh well if you even do one thing you mess everything up okay but steins gate is an anime about time travel that i think is decent it's also kind of a harem anime in a way because it's based off a of visual novel and every visual novel is kind of harem-y because you know you have to have all your love interests in there like doki doki literature club with less murder <laughs> Sorry for the spoilers on Doki Doki. Um, but Steins Gate, okay, so it's basically this guy who, you know, is a self-proclaimed mad scientist. He's he's supposed to be 18. He actually looks like he's more like 25, but whatever. So and he and like a group of friends are messing around in this lab in his apartment that like they're they're like doing these science experiments and pretty much by accident with the help of another person who like has these theories about how time travel can exist 
they accidentally stumble upon time travel. And like, and it's not in the way where like you get in the machine and suddenly you're back in time, but they find out that like using their phone in this thing that they can send text messages back to the past and that like reading the text message, email, whatever changes it because you know, you take suggestions from your past self. So it's like, it's, so it starts out just like these kids just messing around with time travel and like, it slowly does this thing where it's like, oh yeah, we're getting in way deeper than we thought we would. And then at the sea, like episode 12, which was halfway point, the season change, it just jumps off and like, actually there's real stakes and there's just all this stuff happening. And I think that they use the concept of time travel very well in it. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it starts off like 12 episodes of like slow, just like from episode to episode till it finally starts hitting these like, oh yeah, it's like there's this other secret organization that's kind of looking into us now. Oh, this other organization was also messing with time travel and they were not able to perfect it like we are. We're screwed if we F with them. And it just kind of keeps spiraling until... It just becomes this like whole thing. And it, it has like a lot of just heartfelt moments, a lot of just like moments of just sheer dread. And I I really like it for what it is. And like I know time travel is complete bull crap. Okay. I don't like time travel. But I appreciate the show a lot. This almost made it on the recommendation show, but I know you won't watch an anime that's 26 episodes. That's not that long. For an anime, that's like the Yeah, I recommended anime. shorter animes. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah that's that's like the one i want to talk about then there's Dorara, the anime on netflix which it's fine i like it i don't want to get into it but it's like slice of life which is some supernatural stuff but it's not like supernatural horror it's just you know supernatural fun and it's interesting but there's like things that i want to like talk about more in depth on it because there's like Certain, there, there's one black character, and so this show does, like, points of view of every character, except for he's, like, the only, like, of the quote-unquote, like, main or supporting characters who hasn't had an episode dedicated to him until, I think, the whole second series, which is kind of like, eh, but then it's like, I have ideas about all that, and I would rather talk about that in a different light than just like, hey, this thing I watched. Anyways, I'm done. So. <laughs> Anything gotcha. else, buddy? <laughs> Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I think every, I think the thing, like the thing normally right now I would super want to talk to you about is just now on my recommendation, so I can't. There's like a thing that normally this would be what I would spend a lot of time talking about, but, you know. So, full disclosure, I didn't, like, work on, well, I didn't even think about recommendation until last night this morning, and... So, well, one of them is gonna be a little bit harder to find, but the other one was one that I, like... I was like, what am I going to do for recommendation? I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot that I had completely set this aside and not talked on it, about it on the show specifically because I wanted to do it for recommendation. And that was like months ago where I was like, <laughs> I'm going to save this. And then I forgot it for our last time when we did Orphan um, Revival and the other stuff. So I'm like, oh, I should probably do it now so I don't forget it for a third time. But yeah, so that's me. I'm ready to do the actual show. I am as well. Okay. So Cody, Are we going to roll or do you just want to go? Because you've yeah, just been going go. first. Just, yes. Yeah, I just want to go. It's fine. Okay. We can roll, but I can also just go. So Cody, what was, I, I guess I can't really say what was last week 
before your part because then if you do a summary now then it doesn't really matter because because you're not going to do it for another 20 minutes and so like you yeah would, no, you would hear I'll, the, yeah you would hear time. the summary at the beginning of my part then have to listen to all of my part and then when it comes to like oh it's like i wonder what his was about last week it's like oh yeah it's like you heard that 20 minutes ago so no, I'll, uh, I'll actually I'll, I'll talk about that when what I was, when I start what was last week on my show on my part. <laughs> um, the, what's his name? Uh, a kid got murdered and then turned into a man in black. I mean, it's a very very crass description, but you're not a hundred percent wrong. I love that summary. That's the best. Summary. <laughs> I will say, it's like, it's like, it's crass, but it's not wrong. It's like, um, he got the so main character Danny gets attacked by the doppelganger from episode one. He kills the doppelganger and um, passes out from blood loss. Wakes up and is recruited into the secret society that protects people against um, paranormal anomalies called No Name. So we are starting off. Oh my god! I should just. Read it all in the voice from us. So what we should do is start up. But anyways, I'm just delaying. I quit the podcast. I'm done. So if I did it all in us voice, which would destroy my vocal cords, you would quit. Okay. So this is chapter three. Anyways, I'm going to go. Okay. So this is chapter three um, titled Nate. And this is, um, you know, this is. Anomaly Hunters, um, the second part of my story called Saving Lambert. Um, Okay. The week following the meeting with Alistair, the leader of the paranormal agency, no name, was busy to say the least. My parents' murder and the attack on me was covered up as a home invasion gone wrong. As I was in a coma at the time, I missed the funeral, missed my chance to mourn, and missed catching up with my brother. We spoke on the phone a few times. Turn out... Turns out, when he came for the funeral, he came to visit me while I was still under. No Name had told him that I was in a special care facility to keep up the facade. He told me he was glad that I was back in his life, and I told him I was going to stay around a while and make the best out of Westonville that I could. I wouldn't dare tell him that I planned to work with a paranormal agency, and I wanted to work to make sure no one else got hurt by these anomalies. He would have thought I was insane. Outside of trying to hold on to whatever familial bonds I had left, I was in physical therapy to get my body back in shape after being under for a month. There was also tons of paperwork, sign-on type stuff, security clearance, background check, and what have you that was all rushed through the secretive organization. On top of that, thick tomes of study materials that Alistair had given me as an onboarding assignment sat next to my hospital bed. There were so many different anomalies, so many different things that went bump in the night, that it was hard to keep it all straight. But there was no way of memorizing it all in one week, so I focused on what I could. No name recovered my car and all the things that I had with me. They put it all into a small apartment that was waiting for me when I was discharged from the hospital. I had a few changes of clothes on me. Turns out No Name doesn't have a uniform or anything like in the Men in Black or your paranormal TV shows. We were just to dress and act as civilians as we navigate the world of the paranormal. I was excited but nervous to start. Would I just be the same confused failure that I have been throughout the rest of my life, or would this all come to me naturally like it did for Agent J or the Ghostbusters? I had no clue what my life with no no name had in store for me. As I was packing up my stuff for my discharge, Alistair came into my room to start off the day. 
So, are you ready for your first day on the job? He said cheerily with a big smile on his pale white face. As ready as I'll ever be, I guess. I said, trying to keep the nervousness from creeping into my voice. I had no clue where the day would take me. What if I was fighting something worse than a doppelganger? I continued to fidget with what little I had, feigning as if I was packing in order to delay the inevitable. Never mind that, we will have someone else pack up for you and put it in your new place. You can worry about all that later. For now, I want you to meet your new partner. The two of you will be finishing up one of their old jobs today and then you'll start work on something new afterwards. This will give them the chance to show you the ropes and an exciting end to something they have been working on for a while. I am sure you two will make the best team moving forward, he said, bouncing up and down on the balls of his feet. He was excited. It irradiated off of almost every inch of his being. It made my nerves worse. He was like the happy father expecting his kid to bring back straight A's. He stopped bouncing up and down as another person entered the room. They were rail thin and somewhere around my age and height. Their short, sandy hair fell just below their ears, with one bang over the forehead and the other one pushed back. They were wearing an untucked white button-up with a thin blue heathered sweatshirt over it. Their jeans were neatly pressed and fell just above a pair of black Chelsea boots. I felt underdressed like a graphic tee and jeans just wouldn't cut it. So, which one are you? They asked in a harsh tone. The headstrong hero who rushes in without thinking? Or are you the type who thinks it's necessary to sacrifice everything they have for the greater good? Their, their pale blue eyes stared right through me and their thin lips curled slightly with frustration. What? I asked, confused. Was there already tension with my new partner? Was it going to be that kind of partnership? One where they instantly hate me and I have to prove myself again and again? <sighs> Never mind. My name is Natalia Benton. Call me Nate and only Nate. They said in the same harsh tone mixed with slight annoyance. I'm Daniel. Uh, Daniel Victory, I said back. Well, look at that. You two are hitting it off perfectly, Alistair said with a big smile on his face. He was completely oblivious to the tension coming from Nate. He began to walk out the door and without turning around said with a wave, Good luck today. Bring home the gold. I'll catch you guys at the finish line. I really hate when he does that. It's like he tries to make things as awkwardly as humanly possible. He acts like he always does things for a reason. Just no one knows what's going on in that weird little head of his, Nate said. I was never really expecting normal when it came to being a part of a paranormal investigation agency, I said with a slight chuckle. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess, Nate said under their breath and then continued. So did Alistair tell you what we were doing today? Yeah, he said we are finishing up a job together and then, no, you are finishing up my job, Nate said coldly interrupting. I have been working on this for months. I can't afford to mess this up. You can't mess this up for me, okay? Of course, hostility right away. I just wanted to be useful on the job and my new partner seemed to already hate me. I had always been pretty non-confrontational, so my internal instinct was to back down and tell them what they wanted to hear. Okay, okay, I get it. I'm just starting. I will sit back. You take the lead. All I am here to do is help. <sighs> Nate let out a deep sigh. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll do your best. You guys always do, they said dismissively. After a few seconds of awkward silence, they motioned to the door. 
Can't you walk and talk? We should get things started. Sure, I said, following closely behind them as they left my hospital room. They walked quickly and focused, talking to me without really turning to look back. So, long story short, we detected an anomaly in the basement of the old Willoughby Church near downtown. I started going to church there to uncover what was happening, but no one seemed to know. That's when I noticed one of the members of the church seemed off. Best way to get close to him was going undercover to the AA meetings they hold throughout the week. Turns out, after they spill their guts, some of them stay behind and participate in some weird satanic cult. All that, the devil is the true king of this world, nonsense. And they want to call upon him for some type of unlimited power or something like that. Usually, I would just ignore it all, but them having an anomaly in their possession is a tad bit alarming. We don't really know what it is capable of, but we can't let them figure out how to use it. Worst case scenario, they accidentally wipe the town off the map. I've been undercover for months now and have the full trust of their cult. That brings us to today when they are planning to do some sort of ritual. I've already spiked their coffee supply. They'll be fast asleep by the time the ritual starts. That's when I'll grab the anomaly and get the hell out of there. The cult is already on our watch list. If they turn to violence, they go straight to jail. It all works out. We reached the front doors of the hospital after a quick walk and I stopped. There was one thing Nate was leaving out in all of this. Uh, quick question. Where do I fit in during all of this? Won't they be tipped off if a new guy just shows up? I asked. Well, since I already did all the heavy lifting, you'll be doing a little bit of the lightweights. You're going to be the getaway driver. They said matter-of-factly, continuing out, of, out the automatic sliding doors. Great. I was sidelined. But there was still hope. In my head, I pictured us peeling out of the church parking lot in an old-school black Mustang like some sort of action spy flick. I was thoroughly disappointed when I walked through the sliding doors and saw Nate's car lights flash as they hit the unlocked button on their key fob. Seriously? A minivan? I said, eyeing the silver Honda Odyssey sitting out front. That's kind of disappointing. I chuckled, trying to turn my disappointment into a joke. You got a problem with it? They scoffed. It's reliable, drives smoothly, has decent gas mileage, great storage space, and it is inconspicuous as hell. Yeah, but I was expecting, you know, something more spy thriller than this. I sat back trying to anything to win them over. Yeah, yeah, but this is what the real spies drive. They said, slapping the hood of the minivan, finally cracking a smile at me. Maybe they weren't completely cold-hearted. We got in the car and Nate started it up with the dullest roar. Nate took the driver's seat, I took shotgun, and we started to pull out of the parking lot as they continued speaking. So, Alistair says you grew up around here. Still know your way around? Yeah, I think we are on the edge of the commercial district down from Poland Mall. I think I can get from the church and back with... That's helpful, but you do know how to drive, right? They asked, cutting me off in a harsh tone. I was never too confrontational, but this finally got to me. Everything I had said till up till now was treated with hostility. They had no reason to treat me like I knew nothing. Okay, what is your problem, man? I said, anger rising slowly. Is this going to be like some movie trope where you start out hating me and I have to prove myself again and again before you finally accept me as an equal? 
Because if so, that is completely played out. Look, if this works out, it works out. If not, then we can talk to Alistair and I can be assigned somewhere else. You don't have to be an ass about everything. <sighs> Nate let out a deep breath and continued driving for a moment. Finally, after it seemed like my little outburst brought on an endless, awkward silence, they started speaking again in a much gentler tone. Look, I'm sorry I've been kind of a dick to you so far. I hope you understand it's not against you. I have been working at No Name since I was a child, lost my dad to some monster, and have been alone ever since then. The previous director let me work with No Name because of my connection to the anomalies. But they never let me lead field missions on my own. I was always paired up with some thick-headed dudes who either saw me as the little princess who needed to be saved, or the naive little boy who needed a tough guy to look up to. I'm neither of those. I'm just... me, they said, finally being sincere. Yeah, but you don't even know if I'm like them yet. You just came out swinging. It's... It's a little tough when everyone you partner with thinks they have to prove something to you. They're always rushing in headstrong or sacrificing everything when it wasn't needed. We are supposed to be the best at this, but it seems like every time I get a partner, they have no clue what they are doing and they get hurt. It's frustrating. I just want to be able to stop these anomalies. I don't need extra attention. Well, I'm here learning today. I'll get away drive to the best of my ability and follow your lead. You don't need to worry about me. I think we can figure this out. As a team, I said trying to reassure. Well, looking at you and hearing the story about how you want to join No Name to fight monsters and stop others from getting hurt makes it seem like you don't take this seriously. It's not as easy as it seems. Not as easy as my other partners tried to make it out to be either. They all got hurt because they were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, thought they were some invincible heroes. Turns out they weren't, and all learned the hard way. This job is rough. This job will hurt you. This job will make you lose sleep, and leave you craving cigarettes and alcohol day in and day out. You think you are up to that? I'm not just some bright-eyed kid. I almost died in my house, sliced up really good by a monster that wore my face. Just thinking about it sends chills down my spine. I'm not just running into this because I think I can save the world. This is tough for me, but I want to do something, anything to push forward and stop the town from being overrun by these things. I said and paused for a second, choosing my words carefully. All I can say is that I'll try, that I'll make myself useful as part of the team, and that neither of us are heroes, so we can work together to take, out, take on anomalies rather than trying to shoulder it all. Even though I'm brand new, you don't have to carry it all just on your shoulders alone. Let's start a little today, and the more experience I have, the more we can share the responsibility. I said, trying to be reasonable. They had a valid complaint. I did just jump into this thinking I would be a super spy. But we both needed to be honest about the situation. <sighs> they let out another deep breath. We will have plenty of time to be a team later. I need to take charge this time. I've been setting it up for a while. Dealing with those weird assholes who think they broke some code and deserve to be kings of humanity. The anomaly... Look, we just need to get the anomaly out of there. Yeah, you do your thing. I got your back. Let's try and make it work this time. Okay, I can do that, Nate said, trying to force a small smile. 
It seemed like I broke a little bit of ground with them, but there was still the question of the job. Once we get the anomaly, where are we going? I asked. Oh yeah, guess you guess you should know. We are headed back behind we are headed back to behind where the medical facility was. Alistair will be waiting there with the helicopter to airlift the anomaly out. Says he is taking it to a place where no one will be able to hurt it again, they said. Is that going to be okay? I asked. Yeah, I hope. It was my idea. I thought it would be better than disposing of it. It'll work. I know it. Seems like you've set it all up for the spike. Kind of sucks that I can't do more, but we can do this and figure out the teamwork thing later, I said. Good to hear. This won't be too bad. Just be careful. In my experience, even if things are set up carefully, they can fall apart very quickly. I did my homework, but I still don't know what the anomaly can do. This can go south even if you are an ace driver. I nodded in confirmation. They seem to be shivering. Was this job that big of a deal? Your hands are shaking. You good? I asked concerned. Yeah, yeah, just quite spoken not too long ago. Cold turkey. Sometimes I get the shakes, Nate said, staring dead forward at Willoughby Church. All the back and forth made the drive go pretty quickly. We have finally made it to our destination. All it took was a little bit of tension and a little bit of awkward silence. I had memorized the route on the way and was ready for my part, but Nate didn't instill the most amount of confidence in me throughout the drive. Willoughby Church had grown quite a bit in my absence. I had never been on the inside, but it was no longer the tiny one-room building it had always been growing up. There were two new additions to the main building, apparently now a functioning basement that wasn't just a creepy dungeon, and the parking lot had grown exponentially from its original 20-car size. Nate had said they upped their game in the last 10 years, maybe due to some anonymous donations. Nate had instructed me to park towards the back of the parking lot, away from the other cars, in order to load the anomaly carefully once we got a hold of it. I had turned the car so it was facing one of the exits, something that I thought was a good getaway driver move. Then I watched and waited as Nate headed towards the church. They were headed off by two AA members as they truly greeted each other before entering. There I was, my first job as a big, bad paranormal investigator, sitting there waiting in the car like a dog waiting for their owner to get back from the grocery store. Don't really know what I was expecting. The idea of facing another doppelganger sent shivers down my spine, but part of me wanted something a little bit more exciting than this. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. It could be absolutely nothing, or it could be something significant like an ancient artifact. Nothing could prepare me, and they didn't do much to help with that. I understood their apprehension to a team, and after almost dying to a doppelganger, I understood their fear. It seemed like there was more to them than a bitter exterior, but the experience through no name left them on edge and shut off from others. They had opened up a bit to me in the car, but I could tell they purposely left some doors closed. I got the sense that is just how they were, shut off unless they needed to be open. The wait in the car seemed to go on for an eternity. I was just sitting there in the heat of the summer sun playing some old tunes from a familiar radio station that still happened to be running after all these years. To be completely honest, it was boring as it was as boring as watching paint dry. After about an hour and a half, I started to doze off until WHAM! 
Danny! I heard Nate's voice scream from across the parking lot. I snapped to intention and looked towards the church. They had just burst through the front door in a dead sprint, heading straight for the car. Start the car! Open the freaking back door! They screamed, running full speed towards the car, wearing a purple wearing purple cult robes and carrying something under their arm. I obliged quickly and turned the motor over and hit the button on the automatic door of the minivan. With a closer look, I could finally tell what was under their arms. Turns out the anomaly was a small black goat. And that is the end of my part. So, Cody. I feel like... Um... I cover a mince amount of grounds in one chapter. No, well, kind yes. of. Yeah, it's. I, I really enjoyed the end, and that sounds crappy, but I don't mean it in a crappy way. It's just. Well, yeah, this is setting you know up for I mean? the spike. Yeah. 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 No, I, I liked. I liked the. I liked the end. Though. That was cute. <laughs> yeah, saving Lambert. Who do you think Lambert is? <laughs> the goat. No, what? No. Am I misreading this? I thought no, it was a it's a code. I was I was being me. Anyways, but yeah. Any other notes for this chapter? Anything I can improve on? Anything I should never do again? Anything I should definitely do? Okay, sounds good. I'm no, kidding. I'm, I'm thinking. kidding. I know I did just give you three seconds. Like this is weird, and I don't like. I don't know. Like if you are, you can be okay. mean. I don't so, care. I don't want to be mean. I would say that the only part I would cut out is where the main character is like ruminating on Nate. Because it kind of repeats stuff that you did a good job of telling. Mm. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I get what you're or you did a good job of showing. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. I get that. Um, but I liked the way that you. I almost wish that, like, I think you did a good enough job setting up the character that it didn't need to be explained as explicitly. Okay. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, like, the thing about them being like treat like kind of like babied yeah. in their past i thought it was really good but then i but went like, back and like re-explained that well even like saying that explicitly almost like didn't need to happen that soon okay. because you could tell by the way you wrote the character that that all lines up you know what i mean oh, i guess i should have a little bit more faith in in my characters huh well, or, like, in an audience to get what you're going for. Because, yeah. like, I got it. Like, it made sense. That's what I mean. Is like, it, it all lined up really well. But I think that set up really well for a reveal that could have happened later. That, like, I mean, and there's more to learn, I'm sure, about the character. Nope, that's all. That's um, all I got. But that almost just felt like it happened too quickly because you did a really good job of setting it up. Yeah. That you didn't need to, like, say it explicitly as quickly. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think you did a really good job of writing a character and then explained to me that you did a good job of writing Shut a character. Up, and I'm like, well, I got it. No, it was good. <laughs> Look, man, I'm just trying. I'm not a freaking star writer. I'm just doing the best I can. No, but I mean, like like I said, like I, I think that that's not really a bad thing. I think, yeah, it's just having more faith in the character being able to kind of explain themselves without... Yeah, without having, having to, to be, explain themselves, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. When I when I, I kill that, them I off it. next I think chapter, the end was fun. Fine. Yeah, I love that. I think the, the end of what you wrote is fine. Is the pacing works though for there being yeah. like an inner monologue between going into the church and then escaping with a goat in cult robes because that's like a weird image, yeah. you know? So like it works to let that build a little bit and then have, y you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I also just I really enjoyed so the whole this bit of it is actually an idea 
I had like years ago, and I think I might have told you what this story is. No, actually, no, I don't think. I think I just did it with Leah and some people in Discord. But I had this idea. This was supposed to be like part of a story. If we ever, if I ever did one for um magic and science world um stealing a goat that might or might not be the cataclysmic ender of the world who knows <laughs> so so i mean it's i it's definitely tweaked a lot since like i had originally thought of the idea but it's still a really funny idea of like okay we think we're gonna like we have our first mission we think we're gonna do like this big bad paranormal investigation and you're saving a tiny black goat this meh <laughs> I hope that becomes a, like a character though that they have to carry around and tend to all the time. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not like that good at this. Around. I will, I already tell you, I'm not that good at this. <laughs> but it would be fun if they just always had a freaking go. I just, I just ruined the whole story for you. It's fine. I just don't understand why you didn't immediately go. Oh, this is this is the oh, this thing is on perfect. the box. Yeah. This is their fun character. You know. Yes. <laughs> this is... Okay. Well, Cody, we we criticize me too much i'm kidding i'm joking so all right sing us a song piano man last time on the grimes estate manor adventure the title is still up in the air (sighs) amy got a mysterious letter and took a road trip all right well, I should make you do this. You okay. made me do yours. Why well, didn't... Well, well, so yours... No, I already did it, though. I can do it really quick, and we can just cut out what you said. Do it. I want to know I want to know what you think happened last time. Absolutely nothing happened. So your character was more like... They, I think it was they were headed home. They kind of... They, they went home, were self-reflecting on the day, and kind of like, okay, I hate my job, but, you know, anything's better. Then they got a letter about this estate that was left to them by an uncle and they were like at first just like well screw this i had family who was still there for me even though i spent like the last few years alone well this sucks and then um they're like nah i'm just gonna go get the house sell the house and everything will be fine and so now they're headed on to the um manor but um i think i forget what the um people who sent them the letter of what they were called but yeah they're also kind of mysterious so far miles clover miles clover i thought it was like a like johnson not johnson Johnson, but i thought it was like more of a the well no it's miles clover and Son. miles clover and it, sons okay like that a, yeah okay so yeah, yeah it's a firm. yeah miles clover and son firm that's what i was but saying the letter was yes from it was from him clover, but it was yeah. miles clover and son is what i was remembering specifically yeah. okay i idled my car through the town looking out at buildings that seemed dilapidated and sagging in the rain. I found the center of what I guess you can call a town. There was a circular park surrounded by roads and little shops, and at the center of the park, there was a statue of a man holding uh, holding a big slab in one hand and his other hand outstretched to the sky with water showering from his fingertips. The surrounding shops looked so forlorn in the rain. I sat there in my idling car, and had just about made up to my made up my mind to leave when Dottie started yowling and a flickering check engine light illuminated on my dashboard. I felt a shudder as my car started to misfire. My headphones shut off and my heart skipped a beat. The shadows began to move again. I could see figures just out of sight in the rain, walking around the shops or through the park. The town was full of them. The ringing in my ears started again. This was not good. I needed to get out of here. 
I was panicking when I saw an open sign far down the street to my right, just a dim red neon glow. I turned my car and haltingly limped it down into a parking lot. Just shy of a real parking spot, the car died. Well, now there was nothing else to do. I grabbed Dottie's cat carrier and ran through the rain into the office of this little motel. The sign said, Masthead Motel. Great. A bell on a spring clanged as I pushed through the door, and I came up short. I expected cig a cigarette smoke fog and maybe a vacant-eyed teenager staring at me. Instead, I found a place that was cute. A wooden front counter and behind it a pegboard full of old-fashioned keys. There was a plate of cookies set out and a jug of water with a sign that said, Please help yourself. There were old leather chairs scattered around the lobby. And mm, there were old leather chairs scattered around the lobby that looked broken in but not gross. Then... In an adjoining room to the right, I could see the bar and few tables of a little diner. It was dark. I walked up and rang the bell and waited. The ringing and shadows felt like they were waiting for me just outside, and I really did not want to leave. I rang the bell again and then finally heard a shout. Just a moment! From down a flight of stairs to the left of the desk came a middle-aged woman. She tied a large bundle of hair back over her head. She wore a comfortable-looking pajamas and a canvas work coat pulled over the outfit. The jacket was oversized and stained to the point where I could no longer tell the original color. She smiled widely at me and laughed. About drowned on your way in, eh, hun? Oh, yeah, sorry if you weren't open. I just, this was the only place I could find and I think my car just broke down. Oh, we're open, all right. Don't tell my boss, but I was just taking a little nap. Usually no one comes in, so just one room then? Yeah, uh, is it okay if I have a cat? I don't want to leave her in the car all night. I won't tell if you don't. <laughs> okay, yeah, so here's my credit card. I, I slide a plastic card over, and she smiles even wider. Well, Amy Grimes... Bad news is we don't have a credit card machine. There's an ATM at the gas station down the road, but it's closed now. Oh, mm, I, I guess I could maybe... You can stay the night, Miss Grimes. She paused and looked hard at me. Do you want a cup of coffee, dear? I could use a cup of coffee, and it's on the house. Yeah, sure, that's fine. It was nice to not be alone for a bit. My heart was still racing from my car dying and seeing shadows back downtown. She bustled around the counter, handing me a plate with a few cookies on it. Eat these while I make a cup. I nibbled on the cookies, which were not at all bad. Well, the woman walked into the little diner next door, turned on all the lights, and started grinding coffee, and got out a ceramic French press. I was taken aback by the amount of work she was doing. I figured I was going to get something reheated from a big carafe, but fine, I won't complain. She turns around to face me while the water is boiling. So, Amy Grimes, is it? I say through a mouthful of cookies. Sorry, I swallow. What was your name? I'm Carol Guile. Nice to meet you and all that. Now, I don't mean to pry, and it's none of my business. But you may be that Grimes that's related to old Archie. Miles was in here yammering on it the other day. Said that he had found some niece of Archie's. Yep, that's me. I guess I stick out. Not a lot of people wandering in here at 2 a.m., huh? Uh, we get some. People come to visit the coast, and there's some nice hiking, and this place is, well, I guess quaint, but usually they don't bring their cats. Yeah, sorry, if that's gonna be a problem- oh, god, no, I don't care. Uh, so, were you and Archie close? 
Honestly, no, never met the guy. Just out of the blue, I get a letter from Miles saying to come out here, and here I am. So you've never been to that big old house then? Nope. You moving in? I look... I snort, maybe a little rudely. <laughs> no, definitely no. I'm selling that place as soon as I can. Carol laughs as the water starts to boil and she fills the press and sets a timer. Well, maybe don't lead off with that when you meet with Miles. He is, how should I put it, dedicated to your family's interests. And old Archie wanted you to keep that house. I think Miles is hoping you're going to kind of fill in for Archie. What does that mean? Is he like on the town council or something? No, nothing like that. He was just around a lot. Kind of had his hands in a lot of pies, as they say. He was in here plenty. He would meet with people. He always seemed to be doing something in that house, having parties or having people over to study or, I don't know, looking at old paintings, I guess. Now I start laughing. Yeah, I have no idea what someone does with a manor house either but no that's definitely not me i don't host a lot of parties right now in my one bedroom apartment she pours the coffee and looks at me i take a sip it's good nothing out of the ordinary but good so you've really never met the old guy huh nope my parents died a long time ago and then no one ever came looking for me so whatever for so whatever family business there was i never really had anything to do with it but why do you ask, though? Was there something, like, weird with him? Uh, no. Not weird. He was just kind of... Just kind of an odd guy, you know? He kind of reminded me, and don't go repeating this to Miles or he'll kill me, but he kind of acted like Mr. Monopoly or Mr. Peanut. That's how he talked and dressed and acted. He had a fancy cane, he wore a top hat and a suit, and I swear to you, he wore a monocle. I mean, I know he was an old guy, but he would come in here dressed like that. Meanwhile, here I am in pajama pants and my husband's old coat cooking eggs. He never really seemed to judge, but it was just odd. Later on, I crawled into bed. The room was nice. There was not a TV, but there was a fan with a comfortable hum, and the room felt homey and rustic. All wooden and broken in furniture. I let Dottie out and she seemed happy. We curled up together and I drifted off into my first undisturbed sleep. Into the first undisturbed sleep I had had in a long time. That sentence is bad. The next morning I walked out of my room and was honestly surprised. In the sunshine the town was not so bad. It looked freshly cleaned as water droplets clung to old buildings in the sidewalk. And there was a wonderful smell. I followed the smell of bacon and coffee back to the diner, which was which this morning was quite busy. As I walked in, Carol waved to me. Oh, hey, sorry if this was rude, but I called, Miles, I called Miles to let him know you had arrived. He's over there. He's all excited to meet you. She lowers her voice. Now remember what I said. It's none of his business what you do with that house, so keep your plans to yourself. Miles! Here she is! She, she shouts and waves her arm. Oh, Carol, thank you so much. Oh, I skipped a <gasps> sentence. Tucked into a tiny booth. Did you make a noise? Yeah, I, I made a noise. I made a noise. No, it sounded like my baby, and I was oh, like, Oh, no, that was 100% wake. me. No, that was, no, I did a, like a gasp, but really loud because that was further back. Sorry. Sorry. You're good. You're good. You're gotcha. good. No, um, you're good. Okay. 
Tucked into a tiny booth was a small, frail man in an old, patchy suit. He looked practically transparent, with white hair, pale skin, and blue, watery eyes, and hobbled over to us. Oh, Carol, thank you so much, he wheezed. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Miles Clover, a longtime friend and solicitor of your family's interests. Please come sit with me. The little old man then hooks my arm around his and escorts me to the table. The irony being at this point, I felt pretty sure I was holding him (laughs) up more than the other way around. We walked the short six paces to the booth and sat down. Now, I am sure you probably have numerous questions, Miss Grimes, but first allow me to in person express my deepest sympathies for the loss of your great uncle, Mr. Grimes. He was a great man and beloved by the town. Yeah, that's what Carol said when we were talking last night. Yes, truly a town patron. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, did he own, like, a business in town or something like that? No, not as such. He, well, now you own a great deal of land. Some of it is currently being leased, and of course there was the family manor. And he invested and funded a great deal of thoughtful work and hosted many society meetings. Well, that was vague enough to be meaningless, I thought to myself. Right, so I guess my first question is, how much constitutes a small sum of money? Oh, right, I suppose that was vague. Well, I believe the sum is something akin to $1.6 million. I know that might seem modest given the family's generations of wealth, but as I said, much of his money was invested in various projects around town. I felt cold, and like the world fell away. At first, it was just anxiety. Miles was still chattering away about the house needing maintenance and if I was going to start attending town meetings at the town hall, and there were several family friends that desired to see me, and something about hosting an evening for some club, and all the while, all I could think to myself is, I could quit. I could just quit. But will that be okay? But what if the money's not real? Or maybe I can't draw on it right away. Or maybe this was all some terrible mistake. Yes, the club would frequently hold all sorts of events on the grounds, which were quite the spectacle. And how do I get the money? What? The money. Like, how do I withdraw or use the money? Oh, well, here is an account with your name on it. The bank has been a local establishment for more than a hundred years, and... Yes, some of the money was placed in a checking account. As well, I believe there is a card here in this envelope, along with some letters from your uncle and other papers for you to sign. I reach over and grab the envelope, grab the envelope, open it, and dump out the contents. A plastic card slides out with my name printed on it. While I was staring at the card, a massive man walked up to our table and just stares down at me, his face covered by a huge, thick beard i don't know why i read that sentence that way his face covered by a huge thick beard mr guile why are you looming 
Carl says car needs fixed. His voice is rough and mumbly. He completely ignores the old man who looks rather put out by this intrusion. Oh, yeah, it's the one that's not quite in a parking spot out there. Got the keys. Uh, yep. I hand him the keys. It'll be ready around six. And you can come by the garage. Carol can tell you where. He walks away. Mr. Clover looks very happy to see him leave. This town is quite welcoming. Mr. Guile is just a coarse kind of man, but if you are having automobile issues, I can have my son pick you up and take you to the house. Then I am sure you could use one of your great uncle's cars. He did have quite the extensive garage. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks. So, So, shall I get a hold of your uncle's club members? What? I was saying before, the members of the club wanted to meet you. I was beginning to realize I had missed a lot of the conversation while processing the fact that I now had $1.6 million. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Let me get settled in the house first, then I'm sure I can give them a warm welcome. Can you have your son pick me up at the gas station? Certainly, Miss Grimes. We may look forward to seeing you. I stand up and throw everything in my purse and rush out the door, shouting a hasty goodbye over my shoulder. I keep telling myself, don't run, don't run, don't get excited. It's not real until you see the number. I get to the gas station ATM and with shaking hands, insert the card and punch in the PIN number that was written on a tiny piece of paper in the envelope and look at the screen. It says the following, checking account balance, $300,000. I almost start laughing hysterically, calmed myself, then withdrew $500. I did need to settle up with Carol and I would have to pay for car repairs. Bought a Coke in a glass bottle from the gas station attendant who looked confused by my manic, giddy grin, then went outside and sat on the sidewalk. I pulled out my phone and sent the following email to Chuck. Dear Chuck, I regret to inform you that I will not be able to meet my sales quota on Kickin' Jalapeno Cheese product because I quit. Feel free to throw away anything I left at my desk and never speak to me again. Indifferently yours, Amy Grimes. Send. (laughs) I was humming to myself, sipping an ice-cold Coke and enjoying a brisk autumn morning when a huge white car pulled up to the gas station. A man in his early 40s got out. He wore an immaculate light tan suit, handsome, nearly clothing model's face, Expert cut blonde hair and electric blue eyes. He grinned at me and said, You must be Amy. Dad told me to come find you and give you a lift. I am Milo Clover. That is the end of chapter three. So last week when you said we would meet the um, Milo Clover, you meant like at the very end. I I said you would meet Miles Clover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Clover so and it's, Sons. It's Clover okay. and Also, Sons. so um, I already know where this is going because clearly Miles Clover is death. He's literally the <laughs> the god of death. I, that voice is so jarring and I do not like it, but you're doing fine. I am Miles. I He is supposed death. to be... He is supposed to be profoundly yeah, old. It's like, like, like when they walk in, like you old. think it's a corpse, and that's how old he is. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 Miles. Milo oh, is his yeah, son. Same. Which you know, it's funny. I like got to the part where I had to introduce Milo, and I was like, "What should 
Miles's son named B. And then I scrolled through a list of names and found Milo. And I was like, that yeah. fits. But I didn't, I didn't relate that that name is two letters apart. <laughs> like if you, if you take the E and make it an O, you get Milo. And I did not put that together when I picked the name. This was a mistake. These names should be different. If this was a second draft, his name would not be Milo because it's way too close to Miles. <laughs> can, can I, can I, um, admit something to you? Um, what? that I have not figured out what the proper spelling of Alistair is going to be or supposed to be, and it's changed throughout the few chapters that he's in multiple times. There is a reason why I use very yeah, simple it's, names. it's been Alistar, Alistair, Alistair. I'm trying. I'm trying. But yeah, no, I, I liked it. The other thing, was she listening to her headphones in the car? Yeah. You're not supposed to do that, buddy. Because it takes away your awareness. That's dangerous. She sees ghosts. So she listens to headphones in the car because she sees ghosts? Yeah. Well, kind of. So, like, when she starts seeing ghosts, she hears ringing in her ears and shadows start moving. So she has... So um, that's why whenever she... uh, Tinnitus. Like, Archer. Yeah, it's basically... It manifests like tinnitus. Yeah, I'm basically trying to, like, write that as tinnitus-esque. Because, like, the idea is that, right, like, and this is maybe spoilery no, don't to just say, say, don't say it, just but, don't like, say it, just it's don't a say it. spooky story. Well, it's a spooky story, like, I you, mean, You want okay, a spooky way of introducing It's not just that she sees shadows. So, like, my thought is that it's, like, low-key enough that she is able to very easily ignore it and has, like, things that she does to ignore it. And one of those things is always listening to something or, like, having the okay. TV on or having That's a fan fine. in the room. Um... Because when it's quiet and dark, she starts seeing things. Okay, no, that's fine, that's fine. So, like, when the car misfired... So, like, I guess I wasn't explicit about this, whether, like, why it happened. But, like, when the car misfired and her phone stopped playing, that was supposed to be, like, it got quiet and dark. And it was, like, oh, now I'm seeing stuff. Like, I gotta go somewhere, you know? Even though, like, rain's part of it, but that's also why she got the F out of there. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like once she's someplace like dark, quiet, and alone, it's like you need, she has to put on something to make noise, or she starts like, you know, like, oh, well, she has tinnitus, but n- not really, you know. Okay. Real quick. Um, so that, that, that's crap. There was something else I want to say, but now I forget it. Um, oh, yeah. Have you read the book Help for the Haunted? Okay. No, but I'm getting very. Oh no, that no, no, I wrote no! You did, you did it. Not really at all. It's just that the character. I mean, the character has tinnitus, and like you don't really know that's what it is. But like their ear rings when um they feel like they're experiencing a haunting, and I mean that's that, that story. Ah. The hunt. Not gonna spoil it. Actually, never mind. Well, and that's like kind of like uh. The reason, well, like, and I don't think I have tinnitus exactly, but, like, that's happened to me before, where, like, when it gets too quiet, you kind of, like, hear, like, yeah. a little bit of ringing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, a very little bit. It's, well, um, it's white noise feedback that you're hearing. Yeah. Um. So, like, that on top of it being dark is just, like, the most uncomfortable thing to me. Like, that's one of those, like, creepy, gross feelings. So, like, she just experiences that except very exaggerated, which is why, like, yeah, like I said, which is just why she has the thing about either wearing headphones or always having the TV on or a fan, you know, like, whatever. Um, But, 
Yeah, so my intention, though, like, in my mind, this chapter was going to end after she had already toured the house. And then I was like, that's way too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that would have been a lot. But no, I, I, I like where what you're doing. I like where you ended. I'm excited. Um, Some of your notes on my story, I definitely got to go redo a little bit of the fifth chapter that I wrote. So we'll see. Uh, I don't feel like i don't i don't want to like no slam no on you that but hard like like i said it was well, no but i did bad. like the same thing where i told and then i could have just left it up to a character interaction rather than just tell and i i'm gonna go rewrite that part of it because i can just have it right be the tension and stuff rather than just like oh hey this character told you what their whole deal is with this other character i'm gonna introduce like i get it so well, and I'm curious about some of the stuff that I'm putting in as, like, hints. And, I mean, some of that is, like, the, yeah, like, whatever spooky manifestations she's having and exactly what those are are still vague. But then there's been, like, other hints throughout this chapter about, like, her uncle, which I'm, like, most of it was talking about her uncle. Um, so I'm, like, curious how obvious that is going to be what it is, if that makes sense. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, like, looking forward to it. I'm really enjoying the slow pace, and I love that there are characters yeah. now to write. And, like, in the next chapter, I'm introducing a character I'm, like, super excited about. So I'm like, yes! I The, cha the character was supposed to come in at this chapter, but it, there wasn't enough space. So next chapter, I'm, like, super pumped for another character to be introduced. Interesting. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see where you go with it. Like, again, it's one of those things where I have no clue what you're going to do. I mean, you kind of have some tropes in there, but it's also unique yeah, enough yeah, yeah. that I'm excited. Whereas, like, yeah, of course, tropes are going to be in everything because you can't, at this point, with so much media out there, it's very hard to write a completely um, unique work. Well, you know, it's interesting. I heard someone talk about this with video game design is like if you're starting to make a video game, like try to make like Tetris in its in its in its entirety, finish making Tetris or make all of Pac-Man or like make Super Mario Brothers. It's like all of the work of what it should look like, what it needs to be. That's all done. And what you're doing is going through the process and like putting your own little spins on it. And that's kind of how I feel about this, where it's like. I am writing Haunted Mansion story. A lot of the plot is already pretty well assumed. I'm fine with that because the the point of it more for me is going like, is going through the exercise of writing characters and having them talk to each other and getting to the next scene and having it build in a way that feels satisfying and having a resolution that feels like well set up and that makes, you know, it's like all of that is what I actually want to work on. Not so much that I came up with the concept of a haunted mansion in a weird little town. Like, I definitely didn't. It's fine. I don't pretend to. Huh? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm interested. I'm done. I'm ready for the recommendation because I'm going to be up late tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm we'll excited. See. I'm very excited. And I think we're... You're doing a good job. I hope I'm doing a good job. I was about to say we're doing a good job, but yeah. No, you're doing a good no, job. I, yeah. I just, now I have, I have things... No, I, I appreciate the critiques because it's in my head written one way and with critiques I can make it better so yeah well and that's like the thing that like it's funny like doing this thing especially now that we're doing it in a longer form there is kind of the part of my brain where I'm like oh frick like I actually kind of want to revise some of this stuff because there are these little things that even 
as like a cursory first read, I'm like, uh, this could be better. I could change this. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, trust me. Um, I, I see that all the time. So Cody, what are your plugs? Check me out at the wandering gamer network on YouTube where you listen to podcasts and very occasionally on very Twitch. occasionally. I miss you guys. I haven't really seen you around much. Well, what happened is there was a pandemic and I stopped seeing those friends and in person. The other friends. Well, and so then those friends also had kids. So they also had a kid, which but we yeah, still like need to do Christmas the last episode be- of the audio drama. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> that's that's going to be a while. Guys. Um, but yeah, over Christmas, it just got to be that cases were too. Well, I mean, I'm glad you're being safe, safe though. Like, I would rather you be safe than watch you guys on Twitch be yeah. sick. Found out my wife is getting vaccinated yeah. tomorrow, which is exciting. Yeah, you know, oh, I already told I mean, you that. The audience can hear it. For our podcasting audience, I'm excited. Well, they my wife lower is going to start getting vaccinated. Age and requirements um, for Ohio, so I might be getting vaccinated by as early as next month. So. Oh, wait, what, what's, what's so the, the age, age requirement? So the age requirement was 60, then they lowered it to 50, then they lowered it to 40, and now they're saying at the end of the month it might be um, 16 and up. So, yeah. Oh, like nice. Like, okay, yeah, that's basically what I'm yeah, waiting it's, for. Yeah, it's also be- Ours is at 45 because, um, right now. Ohio's kind of on a conservative streak recently, and there's a lot of people who just aren't getting vaccinated. Go, go that figure. Is a problem go in figure. Indiana, too. And there's the part of me that's like, guys, get the vaccine if you can get the vaccine. But then there's another now part of I me that's like, it. yeah, it's like, now I might I get the vaccine get it, so sooner be because people are like, again. yeah, like, I mean, okay, like, but you should. I but want Cody, you to if you're older than beast. me. Like, well, don't maybe. say maybe it's not. It. It's not a maybe. It's a no. <laughs> don't say maybe to that. Are you kidding me, you fool? <laughs> anyway, sorry for the mild freak out. Um, guys, you can check me out at something I guess here zero at twitch.tv and also my other podcast, which is Side Characters Podcast, which you can find on Podbean, iTunes, pretty much the same places you can find this. Um, but. With the, like I said it really fast as a joke, but yeah, just check out side characters. We're doing a lot of stuff. Um, I have ideas for episodes I want to do, and some when it happens, some really important news with the side characters coming up soon. So please check out that podcast. It is my lifeblood. Um, and outside of that, you can also check me out streaming on other people's channels, such as uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Cop, and also Twitch.tv forward slash Flow. So yeah, that's me. And guess what, Cody? As always, what are we going to do? We'll talk to you at another time. Bye. We'll catch you all on the flip side. Bye.